Let's go. Inside the 10 o'clock hour now. Time is flying by. Hopefully you're enjoying your Friday night wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Thanks for listening to my show. Keith McPherson on the fan. KM to AM. Two more hours left. Call me up. 877-337-6666. Talking through the sports. Trying to get a couple laughs in. And making sure we just, you know, touch base everywhere. Uh, NBA, LeBron James, Major League Baseball, home run records. Uh, Marco and I were just laughing about LeBron. I just thought that was so funny last night. And not in a disrespectful way to LeBron. Do I think that, like, the greatest basketball player that we are watching right now, like, uh, who I just said is the GOAT, do I really think that LeBron knows sports history like a fan? Hell no. How could he? He spent all of his time being the greatest. But it's just hilarious that LeBron, whenever he gets in front of a mic or a camera, likes to talk like he knows everything. And that was a big one last night that, like, even after it happened, I looked on Twitter. I'm like, nobody has talked about this, and it's not a big deal. It was a little mix-up. But I just thought it was hilarious that he mixed up the um, all-time home run record and the season. The season. Well, I can't talk. Single season home run record. And then try to compare it to what he's doing. Marco and I were just talking about it, right? Because SVP last night said, you know, wait, hold on a minute. We gave Aaron Judge all of this attention. We gave Aaron Judge all of this love for breaking the AL home run record. It seemed like every day you heard about Roger Maris and Aaron Judge. Well, the the difference is because, you know, this is huge. This is big. This is a record for the NBA that most people thought would never be broken. LeBron said, you know, he it's been Kareem his entire life. And for LeBron to do it, he put together a ridiculous career he's not done. But it's different. And if you're a sports fan like me who watches the NBA, watches the NFL, watches MLB, like you, you understand the difference. The difference is, right, when we're watching Aaron Judge chase down 60, 61, 62, you have to go to the ballpark. You have to watch those games. Judge is the type to hit two in one game. <laughs> he might tie the record, break the record in one game. Obviously, he didn't do that. But you understand what I'm saying. With LeBron, it's $92,000 for this Lakers game against the Oakland. Like, we know we can do the math. We know that he's not going to score 89 points in one game. He's not going to score 63 points in one game. We can look at the Lakers schedule and say, okay, this is the game where he should break the record. And you don't have to watch the other games to see when the the record is broken, right? Um, he's got this game tomorrow against the Pelicans, and then it's going to happen most likely Tuesday against the Thunder. And like, it's not the same as the Aaron Judge watch. That's why the coverage isn't the same. The television coverage isn't the same. Speaking of television coverage, I'm now in here watching on SNY Old Timers Day. I actually didn't watch Old Timers Day when it happened, but. Uh, Watching it now, shout out to Mookie Wilson. Got to meet Mookie Wilson at Bernie Williams softball game. I was telling you guys how competitive Mariano is. I always remember Bernie uh, addressing the team when he got there. And, you know, Bernie is the nicest guy, friendliest guy. That's another guy that I, 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 I love that I got to meet and connect with, and I can, I can hit up Bernie when I need him. Uh, Bernie addressed the group, and he said, uh, you know, this is great and all. This is for charity, but... I don't like to lose. Like he made it. He made it clear. Like he, he, he was like, "We're not out here to lose to you know the community softball team we're about to play." Like if you're on my team, 
get ready to play. Like, everybody get up and hit and play defense and throw the ball in. Like, we can't lose. I'm Bernie Williams. This is Mariano Rivera and Jeff Nelson and Jake Peavy and Mookie Wilson and uh, Willie Randolph and all those guys out there. That was so much fun getting to uh, play in that softball game with them. We won. We won. We went down first. I forget what the score was when we went down. And then we turned it on and, and, and smoked them after that. And it was a good time. So we got some baseball conversation on the fan. The last two hours is when, you know, we should get some Mets fans to jump in, some Yankees fans to jump in. I think the news that I have for Mets fans, I put this on my Twitter as well. DJ Stewart signed a minor league deal with the Mets. And uh, Yankees fans know DJ Stewart from the Orioles. He was a top pick for the Orioles. Things just didn't go right with him. But I swear whenever he played the Yankees, it was like he tried to be a Yankee killer. He hit some home runs against us. He was diving in the outfield trying to make plays. I had a tweet. I went and searched my name and his name, and I was like, DJ Stewart wants to be a Yankee killer so bad. So, of course, he's a Met now. And uh, on the Yankee side, yeah, I already mentioned, Luis Severino, no world baseball, classic for you. And it's not just about you, right? Didi Gregorius got hurt doing it. We've seen guys get hurt doing it. Uh, the Yankees are trying to get back to the World Series and win the World Series. Frankie Montas is already out of the rotation. We can't lose Luis Severino. We need all the horses in the stable. We need these guys ready to go. Avery is in Manhattan. What's up, Avery? You're on the fan. Hey, Keith. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for calling. Yeah, I was very happy to be on the show today. Um, so I was just wanted to talk about the uh, Yankees rotation for opening day. How's that going to look? I mean, I know how it's going to look, but how are we feeling about that? I feel good about it. I mean, it's Garrett Cole. And now Garrett Cole's got a chip on his shoulder again because they're saying he's not a top 10 pitcher in baseball. Carlos Rodon, who's a bulldog anyway and has dreamed of being a Yankee and likes pitching in Yankee Stadium. Nestor Cortez was an all-star last year, and I think he has a chance of being an all-star again. Congrats to him. He's a millionaire now. That's my dog. And uh, Luis Severino, who I just spoke of, an ace in his own right when he gets right. And we'll see Domingo Herman or Clark Schmidt in that uh, five spot until Frankie Montas comes back. I think the Yankees right. are ready to go. I, I I love this rotation. I think they're stronger than they were last year, and they came out of the gate last year and surprised a lot of people. Well, am I correct to say the starting hex at last? Uh, no, and I see Yankees fans trying to – like I saw an article today like, oh, starting Aaron Hicks at le- uh, in left field might not be that bad. Like – Stop trying to convince yourselves now. Like, it's gone through so many waves of, like, absolutely not. Get him off this team. Sign Benintendi. Sign someone. Oh, no, we can't get Benintendi. Sign this guy. Now we got to, like, nah. I just don't think if if this is a championship team, right, if this is a team that they expect to get back to a World Series, they're not doing that with Aaron Hicks as your everyday left fielder. Right. That's what I'm thinking also. I really hope he, yeah. He might be on the <laughs> team because of that contract. Like that. They traded for him and gave him that contract. Yeah, but I no, think they'd same be thing crazy. for Donaldson. Yeah, I think they'd be crazy to roll him out there opening day. He's going to get booed, and we don't we don't need that. Opening day is a family reunion. It's a happy New exactly. Year vibe. Like, we all see each other again back in the stadium. We don't want to hear any boos. The Bronx cheer usually what, doesn't make it there. What about Donaldson? They're going to find him at third? What about LeMahieu? What are we hearing about all that? I mean, Donaldson is what it is. I look at Cashman, and like when I, whenever I see Cashman again, I'm going to just look at Cashman dead in his face. Like, you did this, bro. You, you, were, the, you were the one that brought him here. So, Donaldson, they're going to they're gonna tell you, like, 
oh, he's worked out really hard this offseason, and he's a former MVP and all-star, and, you know, it was rough mm-hmm. last year, but we're going to give him another shot. And I, I think we have three third basemen potentially, him, DJ, IKF. So if he's slumping or he's not looking great in the beginning of the year, uh, I know they owe him $21 million. That's what's going to put him there first. But he's got to play, and he's got to chill with the hot dog, and he's got to hustle, and he's got to buy in, and he's got to realize it's not all about him. This is Aaron Judge's team. Aaron Judge is the captain. Yeah, follow Judge. his lead. Follow his example. Well, that's what they said. That's why you said um, you were talking yesterday about how they brought in those older guys to help Cashman out, right? Yeah. Brian Sabian and exactly Omar Minaya are here because they're like, hey, it can't just be Cashman's uh, the end-all, be-all. Let's get some other veteran voices in the room with experience and different experience in other places to really try and figure out what has gone wrong here over these last 13 years that the Yankees haven't been able to get back to a World Series. We're very win-hungry in New York. That's right. I mean, we're going to win. The Yankees can figure out how to win 100 games a year, win the division, but like they can't figure and out how to win in October. Off. You hit 62 home runs and slack off in October. All due respect to Aaron Judge, he's the best, but... <laughs> it isn't even slacking you know? off. It's just not having it when it's when it's the like biggest moment, right? All, I remember saying at the end of the year, I was over the whole sixty. Once he got sixty one, I didn't even care about getting sixty two. I'm like, whatever. He's got the record. He tied it. I'm like, this is going to affect this guy in October. What do you want more? You want the AL home run record, or do you want to actually get back to the World Series? He's carried the team all year. You need him to carry this team in October. This guy is spent, but he ended up doing it. Yeah. That in, in typical judge fashion, right? The same way that he hit 61 um, in Toronto, we were like, rest him. Nope, he comes back and just puts the team on his back and 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 gets it done. Same thing with 62. Uh, in, in Texas, we're like, give this guy a break. He's struggling. He's like, no, I'm superhuman. I can do it. He does it. That's done. We don't have to worry about that this year. So judge hopefully can just go be judge. Give me 40 bombs. 40, 45 bombs is cool. And just play good defense, lead the team, and let the rest of the team pick him up. I agree. They better not slack off in August like last time when everybody got hurt. They got to find a way to keep those guys motivated, keep them healthy. Yeah, and, and if the front office, if the front office doesn't try and like the the front office pissed me off, I'll never get over how they went about October. If the front office doesn't just <laughs> try to get creative, talk about slacking off, they slacked off. I don't know what they were thinking in October. I, I just don't know where some of these lineups came from. Some of these decisions with the roster and who was starting. It's like, damn, is is this the Yankees? Right. <laughs> I know. All right. Well, let's see some young guys come in, help in spring training, right? <laughs> Oswald Peraza. Oswaldo Cabrera. My guy Anthony yeah. Volpe, the pride of New Jersey. Volpe. Estevan right. Florial. Yeah, we're we're gonna see some guys, and there's a, there's some other young guys that throw the rock too. Ron Marinasio. Like we're gonna we're gonna see some young energy mixed with some old veterans, and hopefully that's the recipe for success this year. All right. Well, thanks, Keith. Good to talk to you. We'll talk to you again sometime. Thanks for the call, Avery. Yankees fans, it's wide open for you. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. As we proceed, now I did want to play D'Amico Ryan's. If you're not familiar with D'Amico Ryan's. He was the defensive coordinator for the San Francisco Giants, or San Francisco Giants, now I'm baseball brain, San Francisco 49ers, and they had the best defensive uh, unit in football, right? So you would think, and then this is what happens, right? Remember Robert Sala used to run that unit, and then he got a head coaching job? You usually think that when these guys have success at that level that they get elevated to head coach, and this guy did. And what I'll say about this before we play it, you know, there's, you know, a few things. 
I don't know if you remember, I was talking to Connor about this. Bob McNair, the owner of the Texans, I believe he passed. Um, I don't know. Let me see if he's still. Yeah, he passed in 2018. But Bob McNair, before he passed, he had that comment about, let me see. Uh, Bob McNair had the comment about the inmates running the prison, right? Uh, can't let the inmates run. <laughs> I'm trying to make sure that was definitely him. Can't let the inmates. Yeah. I forget what that was about. I think it was around Colin Kaepernick. Uh, and man, and when you think back to the NFL and those times, right? Like, look at just look at how things change and look at how things evolve. The only thing constant is change evolve or dissolve things around you are ever changing they have to change we have to change our thinking we have to change our ways bob mcnair said we can't have the inmates running the prison and people were like racist that wasn't good and uh you know now his son cal mcnair is running the team and they've done right even in the last couple years people were looking at the houston texans with a side eye when we're talking about the rooney rule they had david cully coach the team in 2021 one and done and then they elevated Lovey Smith, remember? But they wanted to hire Josh McCown with no head coaching experience, no coaching experience in the NFL. And people were like, that's that's not right. You have to follow the Rooney rule. You got to at least, you know, interview some black candidates. So what did they do? They elevated Lovey Smith, who had already been a head coach. But we knew Lovey Smith was going to be one and done. So going into this year, we didn't know what they were going to do. But D'Amico Ryan's... It's a perfect guy for them to hire. He was drafted there, played there, played linebacker there. And uh, I just loved watching the coverage of, you know, him and his black family being flown out. They got a picture of them in front of the jet, his grandma, his mom, his wife, uh, his kids. And, like, he's the new head coach of the Houston Texans. Let's play what he had to say. Here with the Texans, I can't thank you enough. Kyle, all right, Nick, can't thank you guys enough for believing in me. Right, to give me this opportunity to lead the Texans, the team that drafted me here in 2006. I mean, this is just, it's a surreal moment for me. And I'm, I'm thankful, thankful to God that he's just paved the way for me through everything that I've been through in life and for my paths to end back up here in my home in H-Town where it all started. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a truly, it's, it's a blessing that, um, it's still, you know, still for me, I'm still trying to believe it, <laughs> right? But it's, it's outstanding, man, to all my former players, all right, my former teammates that are here. And it's great to see all you guys here, right? The work we all put in together here, it means so much to me just to see you guys here, see your faces. Man, for the support you guys have given me, it's been, it's been outstanding. I love you guys. Love you guys so much. Thank you for your support. Uh, to the players that are here, the current players, man, I can't wait to get started. I can't wait to get started with you guys, man. Well, I'm fired up, right? This this is a young team, right? We, we're on the cusp, right? We got to add some pieces to what we're doing here, but I'm so excited to get started and get to work with you young guys, right, and to build a winning program here with the Texans. And yeah, I'm fired up. The excitement is real, and I can't wait to get to work, to get to coaching. All right, that's – we want to bring a winning, all right, a winning team. That's what we want to bring to Houston. We want to bring you guys a team that you're going to be proud of as fans, right? We want to fill up NRG Stadium, and we want you guys to 
make this truly a home field advantage for us again. I mean, we could play more, but you get the gist, right? This guy is so happy that he's getting this opportunity. He could not imagine the team that drafted him, him coming back and being the head coach. And when you think about the lawsuit that Brian Flores had out there and uh, even with, um, you know, Wilkes from the Panthers doubling down on that this year, like, you know, I just tip my cap to the Houston Texans. They did right. They did the right thing, and they hired the right coach. 877-337-6666. Keith McPherson on the fan. We've got plenty to talk about. Call me up and join the show. I'll be right back. Right back at it on the fan. I only got like 90 minutes left, so I want to talk to as many people as I can, and there's people on hold, and my guy Ross is in Bergen County. Sorry for keeping you waiting, Ross. Let's hit it, bro. Hey, Keith. How's it going, man? Good, good, good. Can't complain. Happy to be here. Trying to get as many calls in before I got to exit. Yeah, I got to ask you, how much of that uh, skills competition did you watch tonight? Uh, I watched Jack, and then I watched, you know what, like, uh, me and Ak were talking about it. Like, these guys, kids, they're, these little kids under five in full hockey gear and skates, they're on the ice, they can skate. And it's like, these young hockey players are ready to go. Like, Ovechkin's kid, I noticed that. Um, and I just noticed, yeah. like, they're they're down in Florida. It was such a good look for, like, an indoor cold sport. And teams coming from Canada you know they're down there in Florida. I thought it. I thought it looked cool. I thought it was. I thought it was a, a good looking event. I gotta tell you, compared to some of the the skills competitions I grew up watching, that that what I just watched for the past two and a half hours was grass without the G and the R. I mean, I don't know what the <laughs> hell they they showed us tonight. I mean, and you know they're throwing it down in Florida. I mean, when they got Panthers games going on down there, they couldn't fill up that place if they handed out tickets on the streets for free. I mean, nobody cares about hockey down there. And that's where they want to pop the pop the all-star game. They, they're, they're playing like dunk tanks on the beach and everything. They filmed that like a week ago. They did the same thing last year in Vegas. I mean, it's gone downhill. A few years back, I used to be. I used to honestly think it was better than the, than the game. And the game's no better, honestly. But that probably goes for all the sports. I mean, baseball is probably the only one that does it kind of right. And even that one's kind of kind of a mess. But you see the NFL too. They had to they had to can their pro bowl or playing like water balloon fights and everything now because nobody would watch the actual game itself. I mean. I think at this point, you know, and the players don't want to be there. You know, the fans just really don't care about it as much anymore. I feel like, you know, you just can kind of can the games themselves. Kind yeah. of do like a, a team of the year like you do at the end of the year. Kind of do one like for the midseason and the end of the year. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, just it's a, a miserable event for everyone now. It's a TV thing. It's something that they're, they're on its last leg with, I feel like. Uh, I think Major League Baseball, and I've said this I'm on record, has the best all-star weekend the best home run derby yeah. as as far as like an exhibition skills challenge. Uh, they could actually the add some more like, you know, baseball should add some throwing baseball should have, have some fielding baseball should have some uh, bunting, some other things added to it. But uh, for football, yeah. like, I, I didn't care to see some of the things that they did with the NFL yesterday. And then, you know, I wasn't paying that much attention to the skills competition. I didn't even know the event that Jack was in. Um, but yeah, I guess it wasn't that great. But they're trying. They're, I, we're just moving closer to a, a period in time where we don't need this. There's so many other things going on, so many things on demand for people to watch. Nobody's tuning in to see this. It, it's cool for the yeah, players was, to get the break, but it's not really drawing that much interest. Yeah, it was a debacle. I mean, they had a Bo Horvat. You heard the name recently. He just got traded to the Islanders, right? Mm-hmm. Vancouver. They got him hanging out with the Pacific Division last night, and his old teammate from two weeks ago, and Elias <laughs> Pedersen, 
he's wearing the Islanders jersey with the Canucks and the Oilers and the Flames on the same bench. Awkward. I mean, Awkward. What, what the hell are they doing? I don't know if he's who's who he's playing with tomorrow. And you know, on the topic of you know Horvat getting traded, we saw some other names that you know could be on the market. Uh, David mentioned it on the broadcast. He's the number ninety-one in the yellow and blue jersey. Uh, Vladimir Tarasenko. He's on the Blues right now. He's been rumored to you know get shifted to deadline. I think it's in a month. They either in a month or in a right no, I think the basketball one's in a week. So the the NHL one we got a few weeks uh, ahead of us. But Tarasenko's been rumored. Another guy, Timo Meyer on the Sharks. Uh, he's uh, he's on an expiring deal, so he'll wherever he goes, it'll probably be a sign and trade. And obviously the uh, big jackpot that a lot of people are talking about, especially around here, is uh, Patrick Kane, three-time Cup winner, top 100 player of all time according to the NHL, and uh, he's got the resume to back it up, but. You know what? The more your age comes, uh, comes for most players comes regression, and you know I think a lot of it is due to the fact that he's playing with a bunch of AHL caliber players in Chicago. They're in a massive rebuild right now. But or Tammy Panarin, the Ranger, you know the Rangers star player, ten million dollar man. You know his key was a blooming star playing on the same line with Kane down in Chicago. He won Rookie of the Year the same year guys like McDavid and Eichel and Mitch Marner were drafted. He was undrafted, Panarin was, and won Rookie of the Year that year. And now we see, obviously, uh, he put up a triple-digit uh, point season a few years back as a finalist for MVP. You know, it's, it's seeing if maybe the Rangers could find a, uh, a way to bring in Patty Kane onto Broadway, reunite that uh, duo they had in Chicago a few years back. That would be something crazy to see. Trade down, like the trade deadline approaching in the NBA and the NHL and having teams here that have needs and wants. Like, you hope for those gifts. Fingers crossed. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how much... That stuff, like that, that stuff is also like fans calculating and hoping and wishing, and there's obviously right. a lot that has to go on to make those things happen. Well, the Islanders are probably, you know, one team around here in terms of this year would sell would probably be the Islanders, but in reality, they're only two points out, and they just landed themselves a thirty goal score in the league this year. I mean, they're going for it. it. They're trying to be right. in it. Well, Mariello avenged himself. There was a clip a few weeks back. A fan was he mouthing off to Mariello and the fans, uh, "Go get Meyer! Go get Meyer!" Doesn't get Meyer, but he gets a pretty good damn player on the side. And Horvat, you know, it sounds like they're pretty much all but all but done in signing him up. So he's going to be here long term uh, out on the island. And uh, like I said, the Rangers and Devils are, aren't going out without a fight either. I don't know if they're going to go get that high profile guy. Maybe you know Rangers, Devils, or both of them. You know, pull what the Rangers did last year, getting uh, some uh, more of a couple of depth guys like Cop uh, and Petrano and Mott. And uh, Mott's actually been rumored to come back to the Rangers. I don't know why they didn't just re-sign him in the offseason, but he'd be a solid uh, depth get. But, you know, it's not always that, that big, pro, high-profile guy that's, that, at the end of the day, is going to win you the Cup. Look at the Rangers getting those three or four depth pieces to round out the lines, and, you know, look how far it brought him into the playoffs. you got to always be going for it. That's something I've, I've been talking about. I think here in, on a podcast I was on, like, the teams that win are the teams that go for it in free agency, that right. go for it at the deadline. All right, like um, I was just talking about the Astros, right? Them adding Trey Mancini and um, Christian Vasquez, like those guys played uh, small roles, but they needed them, right? Christian Vasquez okay. caught okay. a Bader a, with the Yankees. Bader with the he Yankees. The I mean, you got to always be trying to add, even when you know people didn't like that Bader move. You got to be always trying to improve down the line. If you're not, that's that's not the way to win. Right, and even another thing a lot of people bring up, too, is you don't know if you'll ever get back. You could always say, like, even with the Giants, and, oh, we'll be back next year. That's no Not a guarantee. Look Not how a guarantee. Yeah, Not a guarantee. And, and it's they're gonna add and professional devils, sports. You know. They're all trying right. to get better. Definitely, man. All right, appreciate the call, man. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for the call, Ross.
Ross is the man. He's a young man. He just doesn't know that this is my first year jumping into hockey. I'm learning the Devils players' names still. I'm not that deep in it to know who to trade for. <laughs> but all calls are welcome on the fan. If you want to talk puck, call up and talk puck because there's somebody listening that is a hockey fan and does understand, and they're waiting for a little piece of their favorite sport to hit the airwaves. Let's keep it rolling. We've got plenty of calls, right? 877-337-6666. I mean, when we get to the last, like, 90 minutes of the show, you know, it's open mic. Uh, I've set the table pretty well. I think I've jumped around and talked about a few different things. Let's go to Mooney in Wayne, New Jersey. Next up. You got it, Mooney. My guy, KM. What's the word? You know, in here watching. uh, Go for it. Go for it. Let me. Let me just start off by saying this opening statement. I never would have imagined a Yankee fan, a Cowboy fan, and a Nets fan that I could rock with like you, bro. That's some crazy I mean... stuff. I'm a, I'm a Knicks, <laughs> Knicks fan, Mets fan, Giants fan. But you know what? I love you, bro. You're amazing on the radio. You represent the culture. You're just like I, I'm. I'm 46 years old. I've been listening to sports radio for Mike and the Dog when I started as a probably like 14, 15 years old, first time I started really listening to sports radio, and to hear like Pete Rock and CL Smooth hey. and all the hip-hop that you're playing. You represent the culture. We love you, bro. And now I'm going to dig in you a little bit for your LeBron and, and Jordan thing. So okay. we're going to go there next. All right. So first of all, let me just say this. LeBron is an all-time great. No, no disrespect to LeBron. What he's done is unbelievable. But the game has changed. We all know that. Basketball is a different sport. There's so much more space. There's so much more uh, uh, free, free movement in basketball to allow the offense to score these points. Now, Michael Jordan in his time had to go up against the Miami Heat teams, which were tough. Those Nick teams were brutal. Those Piston teams, those Pacer teams, the Celtic teams, yep. those teams were tough when the rules were so much different back then, and he still dominated. The East was really weak. And for many of the years that LeBron was rocking in the East, the East was super weak. I can't even remember, like, any great teams that LeBron really had to go through. You know, you had, the, you had all these different rules back then. They changed the hand check rule. And just how many times you watch LeBron and he gets, like, three or four feet of space to shoot a jumper. I know he's developed a much better jump shot, but they would literally let him shoot wide open shots. Yeah. yeah. And then it's not always, to me, it's not always stats, and I'm going to let you rock. But the last thing I'm going to, two things I'm going to say, and then you could finish up and I'll stay quiet. Stats don't always do it. Mike Francesa the other day with Stephen A. Smith came on on Stephen A. Smith's show, and they were like, listen, I'm going to say this. Joe Montana is the greatest quarterback of all time. Brady has all the other things, but... Pound for pound, Montana was perfect in the Super Bowls. Montana, Montana had a, perf- a, a much higher rating. Look at, look at what LeBron did in the finals and look what Jordan did in the finals. Jordan was undefeated in the finals. Jordan was incredible in the finals. And this is in an era where there was a lot more grabbing, pushing, more defense, more physical play. And then the last question, and then I'll leave it, leave it to you. One game, who do you want on your squad? Who are you picking? You got a pickup game. Are you taking LeBron or you're taking MJ? I think it's a real simple answer at that point. I'll leave it to you, bro. Good stuff, Mooney. And the thing about me is I'm a Jordan guy. I told you that. I came into the NBA watching Mike. 
like Mike. I like to be like Mike. Like I wear Jordans. I've had I don't know, uh, thirty pairs of Jordans. Like probably more. I mean, what Mike is? Mike is iconic. And uh, when I was young, and you know, watching Jordan, yeah, you know, and and even now watching, you know, the Last Dance and the things about Jordan. Jordan is the goat. He is the greatest of all time. Basketball. Like, I get it. But we can't say LeBron is not a GOAT. And I understand this younger generation that didn't see Jordan. And I understand the arguments for both. But, like, it's different. You know, they're both different. For every argument that you can make for Jordan, I feel like you can make for LeBron. And I feel like we got to give LeBron his flowers while he's here. You know, I also put Kobe up there, too. You know, those are, like, my top three. Uh, I just think there could be multiple GOATs. I don't think that there has to be one over because, like, Jordan paved the way for LeBron. LeBron was watching Jordan, wanting to be Jordan. And, like, to keep it 100 with you, he did it bigger than Jordan and different than Jordan, right? If you just start with their stories from high school, LeBron wasn't getting cut in high school. And if you think about what LeBron had to go through being the chosen one in high school, they didn't tab Jordan as the chosen one. LeBron came out of high school. With all of this weight, all of this expectation on him, and he did it. Like, he was expected to be great, and he actually surpassed those expectations. He's still doing it. Like, we're still watching him. He's about to break Kareem's record. I just said the other night he was passing point guards, Mark Jackson and Steve Nash in assist. He's got records in different ways, and like, you know, his his impact also off the floor. His impact as just like a global icon um, and the era that he's he's done it and it's different. It's, for me, I, I don't look at it just as, um, you know, on the court. Yeah, on the court, Jordan, I think, was a, a different player, but I can't say a better player. LeBron is great. LeBron is older, still making the right play. LeBron, I don't know. I could go on and on about Jordan and LeBron. We got to take a break, but like I'm just never going to like I, I, a long time ago, I stopped with that. I stopped trying to, like, put them against each other. One's better than the other. Uh, there are Kobe fans that will say Kobe is the GOAT. There are Jordan fans that will say Jordan is the GOAT. LeBron fans that will say LeBron is the GOAT. I'm a fan of all three. They're all goaded, And they all have become the greatest of all time in their own rights and their own different things. And there's arguments for everything that you could say about one. There's something that you could say about the other. And uh, Jordan's still living. Obviously, Kobe has passed. Rest in peace. But LeBron is still living and playing, and we are watching him do this. Like, we're about to watch his son come into the league. LeBron is goaded, bro. LeBron is 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 up there, all the way up there. There's so many things. Call me up if you've got anything to add uh, for LeBron's defense. I know the younger generation is LeBron, LeBron, LeBron. Keith McPherson LeBron on the fan. LeBron James, LeBron James, LeBron James. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> LeBron James. The younger generation is like, yo, we weren't watching Michael beat the Supersonics. Bro. What are the Supersonics? Keep experiencing all the fan. I'll be right back. Yeah. Hey, get your numbers up. I had to get my numbers up. Really got it. Now I got it like they gave it to me. Coming right back at you from Tribeca in New York. Keith McPherson on the fan. Connor dropping beats for me. I feel like, uh, you know, we, we have some of these beats that come in and out. But, like, why not throw in some extra beats? And, uh... 
you know, sometimes if you just let the computer randomize it or whatever, we're going to get, like, I don't know, Lenny Kravitz, American Woman, or, like, I don't know. That's the one that always, I'm always like, I don't want to even say anything after we hear. I'm like, that song is so corny, bro. <laughs> like, American Woman, like, why are we coming in from, you know, why are we rejoining with that? But anyway, shout out to the ladies. It's always ladies night on the fan. Thanks. Thanks for listening, ladies. <laughs> what was that? I tried to cube American woman, but I guess that was a different American woman, so it just made no sense. <laughs> it'll, it'll eventually uh, hit the computer. There's another one that I usually hear where I'm like, nah, this is not it, bro. This is not the vibe. And that's the whole thing, especially on Friday. Like, I feel like if you're listening to the radio on a Friday, it's cold out. You're in the car or you're at home or you're chilling, you're having a drink or whatever you might be doing. You might be watching TV, have us on in the background. Like the music that comes in on the rejoin is part of the whole theater of the mind and the experience. You know, I like hip hop. I like all music. I'm a former DJ. Uh, you guys have obviously heard me rap um, music. You know, for me, I used to think that I was going to be on, I don't know, Power 105, Hot 97, like, when I went to school for radio and television, I thought I might be a radio personality, like, hosting Z100 or a disc jockey in the city. Uh, I like how it turned out. I like how, how it actually played out. But music is a big part of, like, my identity as well as my, like, sports fandom and playing sports growing up and in college and, you know, being an obsessed fan and it all kind of came together. It all kind of worked out. But either way, 877-337-6666. I'm trying to keep my eye on the NBA because a lot of times what happens is I'm hosting the show. I have my own notes. Uh, we'll go off on different tangents. We'll take calls. And then I'm like, damn, I missed something in the NBA. Something crazy happened in the NBA. Somebody like, you know, I remember the the night like LeBron went off for 46. I think I missed that. Dame had something like 50 and three quarters. I missed that. Um but that's okay. I mean, if the Knicks aren't playing and the Nets aren't playing, like this is WFA and people want to talk about the Yankees. They want to talk about the Mets, the Giants, and the Jets. And I said, you know, the last 90 minutes or so, it's, it's really open conversation, open mic. You know, if you want to call up and be a part of my show, like please do. And obviously I'll lead the way with different conversation and different topics. But it's wide open, man. we we got a ton of stuff to talk about. And we always are going to have things to talk about. You know, I, I last Friday had my like local rooting guide and I shrank it down for next week. Right. So now some guys have been eliminated. Right. And so my local rooting guide is down to uh, these players for the Chiefs and the Eagles. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco uh, running back from Rutgers. And I think he's a South Jersey guy. I saw a viral video of him doing uh, the little Uzi dance to just want to rock after the Chiefs beat the Bengals, so I know he's going to be motivated in the Super Bowl anyway you're motivated, but he's going to be super motivated as a rookie, a seventh-round pick, to knock off the Eagles. If he's from South Jersey, he's probably an Eagles fan. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco, I've got my eyes on, too. When we're talking about the Super Bowl, do not forget about that kid. He might break a big run in the Super Bowl. He's due to break a long one. He's like always been like this close all year. i got to look up what his longest run of the season is. But I got my eye on him. Number 10, Michael Burton, another Rutgers guy, fullback for the Chiefs. Justin Watson, who came out of UPenn. So there's more, like, Philly ties. He's going to want to beat up on the uh, Eagles as well. And on the Eagles side, Miles Sanders went to Penn State. And uh, Hassan Reddick 
went to Temple, and uh, that kid Maddox went to Pittsburgh, Avante Maddox. And I got to look up their coaches because, like, there is also crossover between, you know, former players. My former players that played here for the Jets or the Giants, Kadarius Tony on the Chiefs was with the Giants last year. And on the Eagles, James Bradbury was with the Giants last year. But then, you know, Steve Spagnolo, uh, I think that's an interesting tie. You know, we already mentioned, um, you know, his Giants beating Tom Brady and the Patriots. There's experience there, right? This is a guy that's not going into his first Super Bowl. He knows what it takes. Andy Reid, those guys, they know what it takes. I cannot wait for the Super Bowl. It's going to be great. I got my boxes. Nobody cares about my numbers. I hate when people are hitting me up like, yo, here are my numbers. What do you think of my I'm like, what? I've had people do that. Like, yo, these are my Super Bowl box numbers. I'm like, I don't care what your Super Bowl box numbers are. It doesn't, like, it doesn't work like that. Do you know how this works? <laughs> like, you, Your numbers don't matter until we find out the first quarter, halftime, third quarter, final. Good luck. And I think there's going to be points with that 50-point over-under. Uh, I think the over is going to hit. And uh, I think the Chiefs are going to find a way to Win in the end, whether it's a Harrison Bucker kick or Pat Mahomes has the ball with the last drive and everybody watching, it's going to be fun. It's going to be an exciting game to watch. 877-337-6666. We've got an hour left. Let's get to the calls. Let's go to OG Henry up in the BX. OG, what up? Hey, what's going on, Keith? How you doing? I'm good, man. Good to have you back on the fan. It's been a while. Yeah, it has, man. I just want to ask you a question. You know, with the lineup that we have now with the Yankees, what do you think? How far you think are we going to go far this year? Yeah, honestly, bro, it's it's just the Astros in my opinion. And then even with this new schedule where we're not going to face our division as much, we're going to face everyone, I just think that the Yankees know what time it is, man. They're going to do everything in their power to get back there. And it's just gotta they just got to go toe-to-toe with the Astros, the Astros, who's your daddy? They've been the Yankees' daddy. They've owned the, the, the Yankees. They swept the Yankees. They celebrated on our field. Uh, I, I expect the Yankees to be right back in the postseason. I expect them to win another 90 to 100 games, win the division, and then when we get there into this new playoff format, this new postseason format again, they shouldn't be one and done, right? They shouldn't be in the wild card round. They should get that bye, and then we expect to meet the Astros, but, you know, Nothing ever goes as planned. We'll, we'll have to see. But they have all the horses. They have the rotation, the bullpen, and, of course, they have star players in the lineup. So they just got to put it all together and stay healthy. Now, with with this guy at Donaldson on third base, I mean, like you was talking before, we, still, we got the backup. Do you think are we going to use these guys coming out the farm again? I, mean, I don't think so, the, man. I just think uh, the Yankees, they're, they're going to stick with these guys that have played – that these guys that they tr- they traded for, because this is what the Yankees are going to do. They're going to say, last season was last season. We don't know what's going to happen this year. And, you know, I wouldn't even be surprised if, like, they're not confident with, you know, Peraza or Volpe, and they say, oh, we're going to start the season with IKF at short. Like, I really wouldn't be surprised if we end up running it back because they're going to say last season was last season. This is a different season. We don't know what's going to happen. These guys are under contract. We're paying them. They're veterans. Let's, let's roll the ball out and see what happens. Yeah. You know, what I don't understand, I mean – the Yankees at one time they ate that contract with um this guy, you know, when they lost all that money with this guy that he never really actually played. Jacoby Ellsbury? You know, yes, with the Ellsbury, and I think it was more money. So we owe him twenty one million. You understand? I mean, I don't really understand. So it's like you said, Cashman, I don't know. I hope with the new help that's coming in, 
he could see some sense now. Yeah, Josh Donaldson. I just hope that he his his. I hope he's got better uh, plate appearances. I hope his bat is better. His defense. That's another thing they're going to sell you on. Oh, Josh Donaldson's defense is great at third. Okay, you know he was just you know there was too many times, especially late in the year, and that's what it is for Yankees fans. We remember how you finished the season. We remember more of your lows than your good times. We know Josh Donaldson hit, uh, you know, a grand slam. He had some walk-offs. Uh, we know Aaron Hicks got hot for like a month, but we remember the bad more than the good. We remember how you ended the season, and that carries through the whole offseason. But for the Yankees, as a business, um, as a professional team, they're going to look at their roster and who they have, and they're going to say, this is a new season. We're going to put these guys out there to compete in spring training. May the best man win. And then we'll line them up for March 30th and see how it goes. And then we'll monitor the team game-to-game, uh, -game, series to series. And if we have to make trades or if we have to, um, you know, make adjustments or call guys up, we'll do that. But, yet, you know, the, they haven't really done too much uh, to change the lineup. And everyone's talking about, oh, it's the hitting that was the problem. Where's the other bat? Or where's the difference in the lineup? Like, it's pretty much the same. And the thing that's not the same is Judge is not hitting 62 home runs. Judge is not betting on himself it's not judge against the world judge is a rich man now and uh yeah. he's gonna regress some so what yeah. you hope is yeah. everybody else can pick him up mm -hmm. well listen first of all i mean last but not least you know i just want to congratulate you on you know on your year being on the radio you know i was i listened to you at the i think i i think i caught you the second month that you was on right and from there on i i just been listening to you you know i congratulate you and you know you know your stuff you really do and I appreciate, you know, every time I listen to you all the time that you're on. And I miss you when you're not on, you know. I, I hope to see you at Yankee Stadium because I go to Yankee Stadium often. You know, I know where you're at. You're always out there in the beach of creatures and you're always hanging out out there. I want to shake your hand so this way you can get to know OG Henry. You will. I mean, I'm going to be there opening day and I'm not hard to find. And I appreciate your words and I appreciate you saying that on air, OG. Thank you for the call. We got to go to break now? I think we do. Approaching the 11th hour on the fan. Another five-hour KM with one, one, one more hour to go. All right, I actually tell Paulie he's beat. I'm rocking till 5 a.m. No, I'm just kidding, Paulie. 877-337-6666. <laughs> Let's have fun for another hour. Call me up. Let's take this break, and we'll be right back.